Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story, and I'm recording from my childhood bedroom, which looks nothing like my childhood bedroom in Tucson, <laughs> Arizona. Uh, I, I used to, I remember uh, being over at your house many a time when we were in high school. It looks completely different. There's an autographed Tom Jones picture up on the wall. Okay. So my mom has taken control of this room. Um, yeah, well, hey, it happens. You know, my, my childhood bedroom is now in someone else's possession because my parents don't even live in the same place. So I hear you. Time marches on. Indeed it does, and uh, recruiting marched on with uh, a staff in complete disarray. Today was the first day of the new early signing period for football, and ASU signed 11 recruits out of 12 commits. The high on the, on the season was they were up to 15. They yeah. lost six of those, five of those, and added yeah. two new players since Herm took over. Um, honestly... Kind of impressed that they kept, you know, uh, 10 people from the original yeah, class. I would agree. I mean, that's not bad. You know, now we don't know how good the players are yet, and, and we wouldn't know that regardless. I mean, I say this every signing day when we talk, that, like, you know, it, it's fun to evaluate, but nobody really knows anything just yet. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's not bad. It shows that some good work done by the guys who are staying, the coaches who are staying, and the staff you know, I guess, you know, one of the lead talkers yesterday at the press conference was the recruiting director Donnie hired to work for Todd Graham. And, and it's now, I mean, it, you know, another element of how weird this is, you know, he, he's been recruiting these kids to work, to play for Todd Graham. And now he's recruiting them to play for someone else. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, not, not shabby, you know, I mean, it seems like we've got some, some decent players, uh, some depth at certain positions, running back, and one where we're losing some talent and, you know, bringing in three guys, defensive back, you know, a position that we needed help at. We got some guys from last year that are still interesting, but, you know, you want to continue to build depth there. Um, some Juco, you know, a couple Juco kids that could play right away, you hope. Um, so, yeah, you know, not, not too bad of a class given the circumstances surrounding the program the last three weeks. So to get into some of the specifics, the two Juco players are the two guys actually who Herm brought in. They're both cornerbacks, Dominique Harrison from Blinn College and Taryn Adams from City College of San Francisco. Um, They join a mix that's going to return Kobe Williams, Joey Bryant, Chase Lucas, um, you know, and secondary wasn't a huge problem last year, but it's still not a strength. Um, Yeah. Yeah, still still a weak spot. Um, and so, you know, yeah, the more bodies you can throw at it. And we, we had, what, four or five true freshmen last year, most of whom didn't see much action. Evan Fields was a guy we talked about last week, you know, played some. Um, you know, Alex Perry, Langston Frederick, those, those guys didn't really see much time at all. Um, so, you know, there, there's, there's bodies there, which is good because that's you know, one of the reasons that we've had guys playing in the secondary the last couple of years who are offensive players or, you know, guys who are walk-ons is because we haven't had enough bodies. Now it seems like at least we're building a little depth there. The only uh, incoming freshman in the secondary so far is Eli Doyle. One thing that, yeah. before we go too far, that we should point out is uh, Donnie Yantis during the press conference did point out that ASU has 21 scholarships yeah. available they signed 11 guys. They have one more commit, Hunter McGinnis from Chandler right. Hamilton. Um, but that still leaves nine players um, 
And honestly, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I know that there's a wide receiver, Gunnar Romney, who right. uh, decommitted from BYU. BYU. Yeah, yeah. And there are a couple others. I mean, in high school, at least, you know, we don't know. But uh, did did get to see him play. I actually went and saw a Chandler game this year. And he's, he's good. I mean, he's got talent. Um, you know, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's uh, I guess I don't know. You're right. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Um, you know, you're going you're gonna to fill those spots with somebody. And we won't know for a while, you know, two years plus probably, but, you know, how good those guys are. A number of the top recruits in the country did commit. However, many, (laughs) many, many members of the ESPN 300 and the JUCO top 50 are still on the board, including uh, Solomon Enos from North Canyon uh, and a couple other targets that ASU uh, has been rumored to be linked to, at least when Graham was there. I assume they'll stay in on Solomon Enos till the end unless he decides to commit somewhere else. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think the early signing period was good. It, you know, a couple of kids flipped and I'm sure there'll be more, but I was impressed by the number of kids who decided to hold out and wait. Yeah. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, I think it probably goes to show you that a fair amount of our recruits might have committed to this university, knowing that they were committing to the university and not to the coaching staff. I mean, you know, it, it was no secret that the coaching staff was in, you know, under fire all year. I mean, we, we talked about it last last week when we did our review. You know, the, the theme of this season was basically Woody or Woody, wouldn't he or wouldn't he, you know, save his job. And he didn't. Um, so, you know, kids should have known that. And I think maybe this shows you that a fair amount of them weren't shocked. And they committed to play for ASU, not for Todd Graham. Now, one thing that happened this week during the press conference um, that I think is worth commenting on was one, Herm Edwards didn't do a lot of the talking, and I know that that was a topic of much uh, writing and podcasting by Doug Haller, Jeff Metcalf, and and others. But the things he did say were noteworthy, especially the comment about how facilities don't win games, players win games. Well, ASU just spent an awful lot of money on facilities. So, you know, I mean, in a sense, he's right. It's an indisputable point. You know, you can have the, the finest, shiniest facilities. And if you don't have good players, you're not going to win. But they kind of go hand in hand. I mean, having, you know, that's the theory, at least. And, and I think it's been proven, you know, by other schools, having the finest and nicest facilities, it helps you recruit those players who help you win. So it's, it's um, you know, I mean, kind of a chicken and egg type of thing, you know, like do the nice facilities win games? No, obviously not. But if you want to recruit top notch talent, which is what Herm Edwards is supposed to be here to do, you know, having this fancy new football facility, having a stadium that is going to be complete, you know, by the start of the season, I guess, um, you know, at least from the outside of it uh, and totally complete by the start of 2019, you know, is, is important. You know, you have to be able to show that kind of stuff off. Well, the other thing is his comment about, you know, when he was at Tampa Bay, they had terrible facilities, but the team won because they had a lot of talent. That's true, but they could pay people to come there. Here, you need all of these free spiff things because these kids are coming to play for free. You know, I mean, it's a totally different discussion in the NFL. First of all, in the NFL, you have a salary cap. And so everybody kind of starts at the same level and, you know, do, do, you know, does your practice facility matter? Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, I saw while I was there, the Cardinals made a lot of improvements 
in their facility, get a bubble, you know, improve the locker room, you know, and things like that do help when you have free agents coming in. But it's not the be-all, end-all, because the be-all, end-all is money. And, and there's a lot of other things, you know, lifestyle. You know, a lot of guys are coming and they're looking for, you know, where they want to live with their families. Uh, it's a different discussion when you're talking about 18-year-old kids. Um, you know, so that's – it's different. Plus, you know, yeah, Tampa had a lot of good players. They drafted most of those players. So that had nothing to do with being able to attract talent. They went and drafted well. Uh, you know, John Lynch, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp. You know, those are guys they drafted. They didn't, they didn't attract that talent. They went and got it because that's the way the league is set up. It's a, you know, again, this is the type of comment that makes you think, like, does he realize the game is different? College and pro is not the same thing. No, it, it adds to the concern. And, you know, my hope, like all ASU fans, I think, is that he's crazy like a fox and not just crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I hope so. But I don't know. I mean, you know, again, it, it's kind of like so many of these things. You know, just like what Ray Anderson said about the Sun Bowl. He's not wrong. Uh, you know, no. I mean, having the nicest facility doesn't win you any games. But it does matter, and, and that's why. And you do wonder. I mean, I know there was some talk about that. Was that a little veiled shot at Todd Graham? I don't, I don't think know. so. Doug, Doug Haller didn't seem to think so, and he was there for it. So I I kind of have to trust people who heard it said. Um, but, you know. There's also yeah, no I reason mean, to take the shot. The reason I don't think it is is there's no reason no. to take a shot at Todd Graham. There's not. There's not. You know, and, and look, Todd Graham, yeah, he was instrumental in building that place, but it's not like he did it on his own. I mean, Ray Anderson played a part in, in you know, getting that fundraising done. Uh, even probably his predecessor played some part in it, I know, for the stadium. Um, so, you know, this has been a, a multiple people involved. It's not like Todd Graham was the one who said, we need this nice new facility, and now everyone is saying, well, Todd Graham made a big deal of it, and we don't really need it. No, it, it's going to be helpful. Um, Herm Edwards should see the benefits of it. Todd Graham's not going to, and that's one of the things that I think has people a little disappointed is, you know, the people who like Graham and want him to stay. is like, hey, he, he was here while all this was being built. Now it's finally about done, and you push him out the door, and, you know, somebody else gets to reap the benefits. Uh, getting back to the recruits who are coming in, you, you mentioned the three running backs. Brock Sturgis out of yeah. Allen High School in Texas was – Probably the cream of the class. Uh, some recruiting services have him as a, as a four-star. ESPN yeah. has him as a three-star, but as the highest-rated running back. Um, right. There's also A.J. Carter. I'm, I'm sorry, I take it back. A.J. Carter was also a Herm Edwards uh, recruit. Yes, he was. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's from Louisiana, and according to Doug Haller, which I did not know, he at one time had committed to a number of different schools, <laughs> and, yeah. but he signed with ASU. <laughs> so. Same thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, like so many of these kids, you know, they, they end up affiliated with about six or seven different schools by the time their career's over. And then the last one is Demetrius Flowers uh, out of yeah. John Bosco in California. And, and really, adding bodies here is good because I assume, you assume, we all assume it's going to be Eno Benjamin's job yeah. to lose. But, you know, running backs... In, in college and in the pros, yeah. having two or three productive running backs is important. And Yeah, I mean, what we don't know about Eno Benjamin yet is his durability. And, you know, he, he flashed some talent, but he didn't play much. And, and you know, that's that's a big thing. At that position, maybe more than anything else, is how available can you be. And 
uh, you know, he's not the biggest guy around. So, you know, can he can he withstand the, the you know, physical punishment for 12, 13 games? We don't know yet. So, yeah, having depth there is, is going to be important. You know, I mean, even even if he can withstand it, it's not like he's going to be carrying it 35 times a game. That's just not how football works anymore. Yeah, Nick Ralston will be back, as will Traylon Smith. At yeah. least we, we expect all three to be back. We assume, yeah. Uh, yeah. Along with the three recruits who signed this week. Right. So there's, yeah, there's some depth there. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, now I guess the, you know, the next question when you talk about assuming guys will be back, we got, you know, at least one guy who apparently is entertaining the idea of leaving early for the draft, and there are a couple others who could. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we got we to gotta see just how many of these guys actually do return. Uh, one thing to note, there is no quarterback yet in this class. No. Um, which, which I don't think is bad, necessarily. Um I don't know what you think. I mean, we've got at the moment we've got five scholarship quarterbacks. Like, there's only so many reps to go around. So my take on it is, I don't think it's bad, but after spring ball, I also think that we might have three quarterbacks. We could, we could. I mean, it's gonna gonna make it imperative that you get someone next year. I mean, you know, we talked about it. You know, as Todd Graham's tenure wore on. And, you know, one of the biggest shortcomings for him was going two years without a quarterback recruit. Um, he was, you know, the first year he didn't get one. Okay. He had Josh Dobbs lined up for the second year. He ended up changing his mind and we never, we never got one in that class and it, it led to a gap. And it's, it's why we kind of struggled after Taylor Kelly left because we didn't, we didn't have anybody ready to compete with Berkovici. You know, he kind of won the job by default. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's going to make next year important. You can't, you can't really go two years without one, but we got two last year. Well, we got one last year. We got another one who redshirted. So we got two essentially, you know, redshirt freshman guys coming off, you know? So, um, I think that's okay. Uh, you know, I'm not too concerned by that. Yeah. I just, I think it's something to keep an eye on if, as we talked about Brady white graduated and it seems like they're going to hand Manny the job. Does Brady yeah. white really want to play for one year? Um, <laughs> You know, yeah, I mean, with his ability to have multiple years of eligibility to play somewhere else, and you know, of course, I think Blake Barnett. Uh, you know, I I don't know what happens with him, but I mean, he, he's kind of the forgotten man right now. It seems like, um, you know, does he look to find another opportunity? You know, career that started with a whole lot of potential, and now you know, it's not hard to see it might end up in FCS. Um, but if he's going to play, that might be where he has to go to do it. Yeah, so it's going to be. I just think it's something to keep an eye on because I yeah. don't. I don't expect that Will Lander recruit this class unless there's somebody who kind of, you know, rises and we take somebody whose best offer up yeah. till now was you know New Mexico or you know Hawaii something like that. Yeah. But well, I mean, I hate to be that guy because people do it all the time. But there's a there's a kid here who's very good, Brock Purdy. He was the state player of the year. He got to the state final from uh, Perry out in Gilbert, who has not attracted very many, if any, major offers. And it's, a, it's one that, you know, maybe you take a flyer on. Uh, you know, people tend to say, well, you know, you know, just like when an ASU quarterback, the Cardinals should draft him. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a convenient story. But Kit, all he did was, you know, produce at that level. Um, doesn't fit all the measurables, doesn't jump off the page when it comes to, you know, all the major talent, but... Maybe you take a shot on him and he ends up being a, a you know diamond in the rough. Yeah. I mean, it, I certainly 
wouldn't be surprised if one of the 10 remaining scholarships was a flyer like that on a quarterback. Yeah. Just yeah, just as know. insurance. Just somebody who, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that would be a bad idea. Something along those lines where, you, you know, you bring in somebody kind of on the notion that, hey, you're going to be, it's going to be an uphill battle for you. You know, we've got more established, more highly regarded players, but we'll give you a chance, you know, and, and if your career ends up like Taylor Kelly's, great. And and maybe you're going to be a five-year, you know, backup and, and, you know, we'll we'll train you for a coaching career. You know, somebody along those lines that, you know, be here, take practice reps, be good in the meeting room, and you might never see the field much, if at all, but, you know, we'll give you a chance to kind of build your career in football if you want to do that. Yeah. So, you know, obviously with the early signing period, as Matt, you said, for all of it, it's a great incomplete until you see what they do. But yeah. but to even assess the signing period, the early signing period, it's impressive they kept the guys who they kept. Um, but, yeah. you know, half the class is still TBD at this point. Sure, sure. So a lot to go. But, but yeah, one that certainly didn't maybe go as disastrously as we might have expected, um, you know, uh, considering the coaching upheaval. Um, you know, I think you and I were prepared for an early signing day that might feature – zero guys or you know two or three so 11's not bad you know and, and it seems like there's some talent there you know time will tell how good that talent really is let's flip over now and talk a little bit about basketball before we go it's the holidays and we're going to not do a super long one today but yeah. uh asu struggled early against a depleted longwood team that was without two starters yeah. um and is not that good with all of their starters quite honestly <laughs> no um, but struggled early, you know, was down with two minutes to go in the first half. Yeah. Um, you know, second half turned on the jets and, yeah. and blew them out, you know, comfortably. I don't know if I should be concerned about the first half struggles. I know Bobby Hurley was, they said during the broadcast that he had written on the, uh, whiteboard 28 to two, which was the sum total of the first parts of the Vanderbilt and Kansas games, what we trailed by. Um, So, or should I just focus on the fact that this team can light it up and go on these spurts of death? I I think it's a little of both, Uh, you know, is it, is that a style that could get you beat against better teams? I mean, without a question, you know, no doubt about it. Um, I'm not that concerned because of the things I've kind of, we've already talked about, which is the time of the year, the fact you're coming off these emotional victories, you know, you're having everybody pat you on the back. Um, you know, you took, you took finals, you're off school, you're playing teams that are not as established. Certainly Longwood's not, you know, and it's just human nature. You're not going to, I mean, you know, the fact is, I don't care how old you are, but especially college kids, you're not going to have 100% of them 30 times a year you're going to have sometimes where they don't show up with the same focus and intensity and you have to be able to find a way to win and so far we have so i'm not too concerned i mean you know was i a little worried when it was 32 30 with a minute to go in the first half yeah um but you know they they took care of business and that's why they play 40 minutes um because by the end of the 40 they they won big asu tips off tomorrow in their final non-conference game of the year against pacific at one o'clock afternoon game yeah the, the traditional last game before christmas in the afternoon it'll be interesting to see if they can muster the effort again um pacific's a team they should blow out yeah 
and they definitely should win. They should be unbeaten in the non-conference for the first time ever. And yes, they should. Yeah, I mean, we are one one win away now from officially having that game in Tucson. I think uh, is tonight Arizona's last game before that game. Yeah, tonight uh, Arizona yeah, plays so. UConn, and then they are off until the 30th. And that. Yeah, and UConn's not great, so I expect they would win that game. And uh, So, it's, you know, it sets up a pretty big game. I read the article in The Republic, you know, yesterday. The tickets are going for, you know, good tickets going for thousands of dollars to see ASU and U of A. And, uh, it's pretty cool, you know. Um, so it'll it'll be fun, you know. But yeah, we just got we got one more to take care of before we can turn our attention completely to that. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is at the Longwood game, Grant Hill came and yeah. was wearing the ASU gear. Did TV? I don't know if he did radio, but he did the TV <laughs> broadcast. He talked yeah. about how uh, this is what Bobby Hurley expected of this team and this is what he expects of a Bobby Hurley coach team is that they'll be competitive they'll be ready and you know when you've got senior guards and an inside game you know good things happen and Hurley learned from the best and he said all the things that you wanted to hear um one nice to see that ASU is getting some love from former Duke people and two uh the point I want to talk to you about is is it time to back the Brinks truck up for Bobby Hurley right now? Just huge buyout, huge extension, like Lane Kiffin, 10-year I mean, extension. Yeah, it, you know, it's definitely very tempting, I think. I mean, the, the cautionary tale I always have, it's a little different, but, you know, the, the one I always remember is Notre Dame and Charlie Weiss. Uh, and they did that. Now, they did it after half of one season, not, you know, not half of a third season. Um, but, you know, things got off to a good start. Uh they, you know, played a great game there against USC in his first year. The USC team was, you know, two-time defending champions, and everybody lost their minds. Oh, he's going to leave, and they gave him that huge contract. It was just in the last year or two they finally stopped paying that contract. Um, so, you know, you, you always want to be a little cautionary, but, yeah, I mean, you know, do I, do I think it wouldn't, you know, be a bad move to say, hey, you know, especially at the end of this year, what do you want to stay? You know, how can we make you happy? No, I don't think that'd be a bad move at all. Uh, I mean, he has invigorated this program in a way that, quite honestly, you and I have never seen. Um, and, and probably a lot of people older than us have never seen. Uh, you got to go back to the, you know, late 70s, early 80s to find this kind of excitement about ASU basketball. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, you want to do everything you can to keep that in place as long as you can. Well, and, and the way he's recruiting and the people he's going after nationwide and internationally, yeah. it, it's just impressive. And I don't, I don't want it to go away, but you know, no. and, and if let's say the bottom falls out, okay. And they go seven and 11 in the yeah. non in the conference season and they're, you know, a, a bubble team, they make yeah. it, but they're, you know, a 10 seed and. They get yeah. bounced in the first round. Don't don't give up and don't no, you know no, like this agree, is agree. like just yeah. he is an elite recruiter and he is turning into a very yeah. good coach. The way that the yeah. players talk about him is yeah. special and agreed, agreed. Yeah, no, and, and and you're right. I mean, we are we're ahead of schedule being where we are right now, and and you know let's let's hope we can keep it up this year, but. You know, you do kind of as much as I've said. Well, we, you know, we got to adjust our expectations now for this team. You also have to keep in mind where they were at the start of the year, and and the, you know, 
at the start of the year we thought, okay, let's be a, let's be a tournament team. That'd be a good goal. Well, now obviously you want more than that, but you know we are ahead of the of the graph. You know, if you would have charted the progress where you wanted to see. So yeah, I mean, if things don't finish as great as they are right now, and odds are they're not going to. I mean, let's let's be honest. We're likely not going undefeated. Um, you know, we still have limitations that are going to be exposed by good teams, I'm sure. But I think we can be pretty darn good. And and then yeah, I mean, you hope it can just get better from here. You know, he's already signed two guys for next year's class uh, with space for more. Right. And we don't know what the future holds for Carlton Bragg, although he did no. take to Twitter to trash talk after the Kansas win. Um, okay. So, he, yeah. you know, he might still be involved, but you also have uh, Rob Edwards, the guard from Cleveland right. State, in you know waiting in the wings, plus Lou Dort and uh, Elias yep. Valtanen coming in. Yep. You know, Lake will be back. Romello White will be yep. back. So you – and, and Remy Martin's going to be the starting point guard. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's, you know, talent still around. Obviously, when you lose these three guards, there's going to be, um, you know, some some gap to fill. I mean, these guys are pretty good, um, you know, but that's a that's a concern for, you know, starting in in May and June, and when we start looking ahead to next year, right now, you know, let's just let's enjoy them while they're here. But, but yeah, I mean, things are um, on track, hopefully, to continue on this path. That that is, of course, you know, the biggest difference. Well, the biggest thing that Herb Sendek did not do, he got off to a good start and had things going pretty well. Not this well, but going well, and he couldn't build on them. And, and it seems like, you know, at least hopefully Hurley is in position to, to be able to build on it. I mean, in year three for Herb, this was Harden's second year, and we were a tournament team, and we were ranked. But, he ne- but we yeah. were never this high, and we never no, won we this not. many games. We were never getting this kind of attention, this kind of um, playing this brand of basketball too. I mean, let's, let's be honest, as we've said many times, like, you know, entertainment matters in this market and Herb's teams were never entertaining. They were good, but they weren't entertaining. And this team is, I mean, they run and gun, they could shoot, they got good ball handlers. They could, you know, they scored 75 plus every game, I think, and 90 plus, uh, you know, six or seven times, I think now. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a fun brand of basketball, and that's why people are getting into it because it's not just winning; it's winning with flair, and that's what you got to do here. Yeah, it's they're styling and profiling. Yeah, yeah they are, and and, and that's uh, you know that's why the Suns of our college years were entertaining. The Suns wouldn't have captured people's imagination if they played like the you know the, the Grizzlies with the Wallaces and, and the Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean they wouldn't have. They they could have won a title that way. But it wouldn't have been as interesting here because people just don't – they don't like that. They like entertaining. And, you know, I mean, the teams that capture the imagination here are, you know, the Kurt Warner Cardinals, the Steve Nash Suns, you know, the teams that not only win but win in entertaining fashion. With that, we will uh, – we'll be back before that U of A game. We will do – Probably an extra long double preview. We'll be previewing That's the right. Sun Bowl. We'll be previewing the Pac-12 season and Pac-12 yeah, opener. Um, so there's a lot going on, but we are going to be off now uh, through the holidays. So Merry Christmas to everyone. Uh, we're saying Merry Christmas again. It's Trump's America, and that's what we're doing. So Merry right. Christmas, everybody. And uh, Matt and I will be back before the bowl game. So until then, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.